And now, Kindalach, we are starting a brand new section of Sefer Azichreinus. We are going to get to know a very, very special person, a very great person, whose name was Reb Moshe. Reb Moshe was an enical of the Maral, and he was the Elter Zede of the Alter Rebbe. He was the father of Reb Shneir Zalman, who was the father of Reb Baruch and Vareleya. And Reb Baruch was the father of the Alter Rebbe uh, later on. So this is a very, very special person. And we heard how Rabbi Sefitzchak, the Ili from Sharei, who lived in Minsk, was a chas of the Balshemtov and Veraleya, who lived in Vitebsk, and she became his kala, and they were going to get married. They heard from Reb Melkil the Nister. Melkil the Nister was a was Rabbi Sefitzchak's teacher that the Balshemtov gave him his madrich, and also Veraleya. He told him a lot about Reb Moshe. And when we started to talk about how Reb Moshe, now Reb Sefitzchak and Dvaraleya, Reb Moshe's granddaughter, they really wanted to know a lot about him because this was actually their Zede, right? It was going to be Dvaraleya's Zede and it was going to be Reb Sefitzchak's Zede after they get married. So they wanted to know about him and he was very special that, like we said before, some people, they're big Tamayit Chachamim, some people are rich. And it's hard to find people that have both, but Ramosha was what's called Torah Ogdula B'Makamechad. He had both. And his life story had in it the history of the Yidin because he lived in a very, very special time in the history of the Yidin. Now, Ramosha, besides for having Yichus coming from the Maral, which was very great, he also had his own Yichus, which means he himself was special. The whole Yiddish world, they knew him as someone who gave, who had a lot of schusim, and he was Mekadosh Hem Shemayim. And to understand this, why this was, we have to go back to something that we started to talk about already in the times of the Maral. If you remember the whole story of the Maral and the prince and the king. So, from the times of the Maral and even before, the Yidin who lived in countries which were called Catholic countries, which countries that were part of the Christian of Adizara, they had a lot of Tsaris. And the source of these Tsaris came from Rome, where there was Davia Vaisatuma, the popes, and also the governors and the local Galochim. In any village and city where the Yidin, Yidin lived, they, they, the, the, these, these uh, Galochim made a lot of problems for the Yidin. Right. Now to understand about the Tsaris that their Moshe suffered, from the Catholic people of power and why he had to leave Poizna, which we said last time, last chapter, and move to Minsk. So we have to go back a few generations to get to know the general matzav situation of the Yidin under the, under the, who lived under the Pope, Popes, of in Rome, and all the exerts that they made against the Yidin. In the year Shin Chavtes, Shikhov test would be about, let's see, be about close to about 450 years ago. Before little, the little, even before the Izzah, right. Probably a but I don't know exactly. We don't know. It's not so important. So the, this Pope, he made a Xera. That he kicked out, 
expelled, expelled all the Yidin in the countries that were under him. And in those days, a lot of countries were under the Pope. And only in Rome and in a place called Ancuna, which was a city in Italy, Yidin were allowed to stay. Why? Huh? He kicked out Yidin from a lot of countries. Where did they go? They went to other countries. Now, the next Pope after him, his name was Gregory the Thirteenth. Yeah, the, the first pope, his name was Pius V. The next pope... Pius, I know, he was a nice person. No, Pius was not a nice person. But the next yeah. one was a little better. Gregory the Thirteenth. he became a pope after Pius. In the year Shimlamad Bez, this is actually in the times of... This is a, this is, no, this is around the times of the uh, of the Rizal. He let the Yidin return, go back to where they lived before. However... He said, he made conditions. He said, you could come back, I'll let you come back. But he made a lot of gzairis when it came to learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And one of the worst gzairis were, was that he made a rule, a force, that you didn't have to come and Shabbos and Yom Tiv, and there Shabbos and Yom Tiv, to hear the speeches, preaches, preachings of the Galochim in special places. Now, th- throughout the 12 years that Gregory sat on his seat, he was the, the, the head of the... Of a desire. That's how long he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he had. That. That's how long he ruled. He made up all different tricks <laughs> to to force the Yidin to listen. He so this this pope this this Galach Satuma he made all these tricks to force the Yidin to listen to the speeches of the Galachim what? and all different things. And he hoped that this is he's going to be easier to convince them. Why did he want them to hear the speeches? Because he wanted them to shmadzich. And he thought that he's going to be able to, to, to convince them. They're going to come here. He says, instead of me beating them up, they have to come listen. And for sure, they're going to want to become going. Now, for the Yidin who lived in small villages, this was especially hard. Because the big cities, it was hard. You know, you could run away. You could find all different tricks. You know, how are they going to go find everyone? But in the small cities, the villages was very hard because they knew the Galachim knew exactly how many didn't lived and they were able to schlep them and force them. Now the popes that came after Gregory were not so they didn't insist so much that to do the Gzera. Um However, they let the Galachim. They told them you guys could go into by the Eden and tell them about your religion, and especially they would give these shmad speeches. On the Chagas, on the, the holidays of the Christian gun. Now suddenly, the Vatican made a new... Vatican is, 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 the, is the chief of the cloister of the Christians. That's where the Pope is, lives, in Rome. And they made a new rule that the chief Galachim in all countries have to arrange from time to time debates. What's a debate? A debate is where two people argue. They said you have to... Tell the Jews you have to come make an argument, a debate between the Galachim and the Yidin. And what was the purpose of these debates? They wanted people to watch them. You remember the Maral was in one of those? Yeah. Right? Now, they, they said they wanted people to watch it. And they, they thought that that the people who watch it are going to be convinced that the, that the, the Goyim are right. Which is, of course, a big mistake because, they, because the Yidin knew much more. But what they would do is that they would... Right, we're making a big debate, and there was like judges that decided who's right and who's wrong, who won, and they always won, even though they never won, but they always won because, because uh, 
because they made they 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 made tricks. Unless there was a king, like in the story of the Maral. Remember, King was what was his name? Ferdinand. Rudolph. King Rudolph. He he said no. This the he he said it's going to be a, a real debate, and then the Galochim had no choice and they were very embarrassed. But otherwise, in most places, that if the governor of the city makes the debate, he wants the Galochim to win. So and and then they would say, you see, the, the governor said that the galachim won, and that 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 way they tried to convince you. Then you see that even the rabbis lost, even though it wasn't true, because not everyone was there, but they would make up these things. Now these now these uh, debates were a big sakana for the yidin, because even if even if if the yidin did win, then they would get in big trouble. They say, oh, you you embarrassed us. You spoke against our our gechkes. So now the types of the debates depended on on the governors and the different galochim. Now in Poizna, we're going back to Poizna. This is just to explain what went on, why Moshe had to leave Poizna. When Moshe was the Rosh Hakol, the chief galach was a big, extra big son of Israel, and he would make Moshe's life bitter. What did he do? Well, what did he do? So now the debates in Poizna. Were went according to Prince Maximilian. I think it's a different Prince Maximilian because this is a hundred years later. But he had another, another different Prince Maximilian. He was the ruler of that area, and he made they they arranged all these debates. And these debates are always used as an excuse to make all different. Was Maximilian good for the Hidden? He was not. Not this. Not this Maximilian. The other one was. This one was not. And it always made tsaras uh, for the Yidin. And in the end, Moshe had no choice. He had to resign, which means he had to stop being the Rishakal. Because all these <coughs> debates, they always made problems. Or Moshe said, you know, if I'm not going to be the Rishakal, maybe it's going to... They're not going to have anyone to make the, to go to have the debates. Because Moshe, we're going to hear later on, he was a professional in these debates. And he would always win them. And whenever he would win, the Galachim were very angry. And the Galachim get angry, they make... To make tsars for the Yidin. So Moshe said, "I'm not anymore going to any of these debates," and but for that he had to stop being the Rishakol. Now the city of Poizna was was known for having big lamdanim, and all the Yidin in Poizna really worked very hard that their children should be lamdanim. Also, Rabbi Daleib was Rabbi Moshe's father. He was the and he was actually the rav of the city, the rivet of the city. He sent his son to the best milamdim. And later, when he got older, he sent his son to the best yeshivas. And Reb Moshe was very, very smart and talented. And he was very matzliach. And he was greater than all the other boys of his age. And Bechlal, Reb Moshe had a lot of mailas. He was very, very wise. He was very calm. And it's called Yishuv He never jumped too fast. He always thought about everything. And even when he was a young boy... Now, even as a young boy... Reb Moshe behaved like an adult. He never got mad. He never cried. Even as what happens when little children play, sometimes they get a little boo-boo, a little scratch, right? He never came to complain and cry like kids do. He also never said, I have a headache, I have a stomachache, and he never required too much attention. He was very mature, it's called. When he was three years old, he was sent to Cheder, and when he got a little older, and he learned a lot of Torah, he was sent to the city of Padua. Padua is a city in Italy, which then was a big center of Torah. 
in Padua, not only he didn't learn only Torah, he also learned Limude Choyl. Now, Limude Choyl means like math and science. And he never wasted any time, even one moment. He was always busy either learning Torah or Lahav Limude Choyl. Why was learning Limude Choyl? So Limude Choyl, we know that he should try to learn just Torah. You meant to learn astronomy. 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 Astronomy, you're meant to learn because the, oh, the very good. for kids That's right. So there's different that a sometimes needs to know like to understand certain things like astronomy and mathematics, right? So when you learn it, it's 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 okay. Like the like the like the Rambam or the Ramban, the Alterbats and Tanya. But but that's only when they get older, and even then, yeah, only only certain people are allowed. The Rambam knew how to use it for kedusha, like you're gonna soon see. Anyway, um, after Rabbi Moshe got married, he started to do business, but he kept learning a lot of Torah and also other Lahavdil, other sciences. Rabbi Moshe especially liked nature, like there's he liked science has to do with nature, physics, math, and things like that, astronomy, and also history. He knew a lot of languages. You know how to speak and read a lot of languages, including French, Italian, German, Greek, and Latin. Now, his Zayde, you remember Zayde, what his name was? was? His, not 70, but he knew a bunch of languages. His, his, his grandfather, Shmuel, right, who was the Maral's Ainuk, remember he was the one that made a fancy little Sefer Torah? And Aaron Kodesh, remember that story? Yeah. So, Rav Moshe learned from him, and he knew he had... Um, he, I don't know if he himself was was a jeweler, but he knew how to be a jeweler. He knew, he, like he understood about it. And Ramosha was for his business. He did. Uh, he 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 collected and sold jewelry. And for his business, Ramosha would travel to a lot of different countries. And when Ramosha would come to a different country, not only would he do business, there was something else that he loved to do. When he came, which which he was able to do because he visited a lot of country. And that, Hashem, we're going to talk about in the next chapter. You guys got, actually, you should know, because of the double chapter, you got bonus time. You got like 27 minutes. For now, Gute Nacht. Mashiach now.